From 90.7 WMFE News, I'm Talia Blake. This week, WMFE is reporting on some of the issues surrounding Florida's new immigration law, SB 1718. It took effect at the beginning of July. The law limits social services for undocumented immigrants, tightens E-Verify requirements for businesses with at least 25 employees, and requires hospitals that get Medicaid dollars to ask for a patient's immigration status, among other things. While Florida is taking a tough stance on immigration, this has not always been the case. As part of our series, Central Florida Seen and Heard Immigration Divide, I spoke with Republican lawmaker Randy Fine about the new law here, while WMFE's Nicole Darden-Creston spoke with the University of Central Florida historian Dr. Luis Martinez-Fernandez about how the stance here on immigration has changed. The conversation with Martinez-Fernandez starts with Operation Peter Pan in the early 60s, when thousands of Cuban children were sent to Florida by parents who feared for their safety after Fidel Castro took power. He says Florida welcomed the unaccompanied minors in a way it wouldn't now. I can say with all certainty the reception today for unaccompanied minors in Florida is not welcoming at all. Back then it was. You mentioned it's been 60 years. Was it a slow change in attitudes or was there an inflection point, a particular decade where those attitudes and the state of Florida's approach to immigrants and to undocumented people began to change? Yeah, my answer to that would be in the last uh, 10 to 15 years. Uh, immigration has become politicized. Back then, it, that wasn't the case. It wasn't a matter for state governments. And, and we should remember that immigration is a matter for the federal government. It's not a state area of activity. But, of course, uh, the government of the state do have an impact. How much of Florida's growth has been due to international migration? Well, it's interesting. I've worked on comparing the antebellum and Civil War era with what has transpired in this country over the last 12, 15 years. And one interesting fact is that the percentage of foreign-born residents in this country back then was around 13%. Guess what? Today, it's roughly the same number. So, you know, um, it's a historical reaction when you have large influxes of people from other countries, whether it was the Chinese in the 19th century or even the Italians, which are part of the mainstream fully in this country, they were regarded as people of color. We don't have to go that far either. I mean, the Irish, for example. So whenever you have a large influx of foreigners who bring their own culture, their own languages and their own practices, for many people, that's a source of of fear. Some of it regarding the, the labor market. That's part of the reaction. Is there any way to know what percentage of those migrants that are doing that work are undocumented? Once we're working here in Florida, that would be very hard to figure out and and come up with an accurate number. How do people come to Florida legally? Legally. Well, I know a little bit of that uh, because I was born in Cuba. My family left uh, early on during the revolution. We settled in Peru and my father had to Uh, spend a long time waiting, producing documentation, visiting the U.S. Embassy in Lima, Peru, where we lived. And it was a matter of years. So there are mechanisms, but they take a long time. Immigration 
brings generally people with a strong work ethic. In most cases, it brings people from the higher economic echelons in their particular countries. The very, very poor usually can't make it. We, we need to understand that laws cannot fully stop a process, a human process, of people who have become desperate in their own countries. But Republican lawmaker Randy Fine says Florida's new immigration law, SB 1718, is designed to do just that, stop the flow of undocumented immigrants to the state. He sponsored the bill and spoke with me. The fact of the matter is there are these fake asylum claims, um, and we just have an obligation to protect our state. But there are some people that are coming to the country because they are running away from bad situations in their home countries, gang violence and the sort. It is false that they are coming to the United States for that reason. Pick a country where these where this issue is happening. So, for example, Haiti, where there's a lot of gang violence going on and we see a lot of Haitian immigrants coming to Florida, escaping the gang violence in their home country. I, I want to be clear. I'm not saying all asylum claims are false, but the ones that I'm thinking about are the ones that are at our southern border. And so if you are fleeing, if you have concern, legitimate concern for your safety, you should be claiming asylum in the first country that you reach that is not your own country. Now, someone from Haiti who is fleeing violence, who gets on a raft and makes it to the United States and claims asylum, that is a legitimate asylum claim. I'm wondering what you have been hearing from your constituents about immigration here in Florida and why that was a reason for you to uh, sponsor the bill. My constituents are angry. They believe that people coming to this country illegally is not OK. And frankly, when you poll these issues, um, illegal immigration can be one of the number one issues that they want us to be working on in the legislature. When it comes to enforcement of these new laws, do you have any notion about kind of who's footing the bill? This bill actually doesn't cost money. This bill saves money. So I'll give you just one great example. Every child that goes to school in the state of Florida costs taxpayers about $10,000 a year. So when you come across the border illegally and you bring your children, let's just say you bring three, and then you put your children in school, that's a $30,000 expense, illegal expense, to the taxpayers of the state of Florida. It's not paid for by the federal government. While that is true that there is cost to some of this, undocumented workers also do pay taxes. So there will be a loss in that, though, as well. They pay some taxes, but they certainly aren't paying. I mean, we don't have an income tax in Florida. After these immigration laws were passed, there were some concerns that if agriculture loses a lot of workers, we might see an increase in food prices, especially at a time when a lot of people, well, everybody is dealing with inflation right now. So what do you have to say to people about those concerns? I'm not concerned about it. And I think that if our economic system is predicated on illegal workers, that means those people aren't having Medicare paid for, Medicaid paid for, or Social Security paid for. That's not a good system. So if I'm understanding correctly, a big reason that Florida pushed to change its immigration laws is because of the cost that we're seeing, the cost to our taxpayers, the cost to the state. I think that's, that is a portion of it. It's a portion of it that's important to me as someone who's been in charge of education budgeting for a number of years. But that's not the only reason. There's obviously the criminal issues as well. I mean, there's lots of reasons that we're focused on this. What do you hope to accomplish with these new laws? I hope we make it more difficult to be an illegal immigrant in the state of Florida so that the incentive is not to come, but the incentive is to leave. And we, re we reduce those 
drains on our resources, those crimes on our citizens. Tune in all week to Morning Edition as we take a deep dive look at possible impacts of Florida's new immigration law with our series Central Florida Seen and Heard Immigration Divide. This is 90.7 WMFE News.